Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Force Plate Guy podcast, presented by myself, Michael Dutro, where you, the listener, get to join me on my way home from another day of teaching, where I sometimes discuss what happened during the day, and other times have a topic that's pre-selected. So, with that being said, uh, I do apologize for the delay. There has been a couple of weeks gone by that I have not been diligent in doing a podcast and getting it posted, so... I would first off like to apologize for the delay and promise to do better moving forward. And I also um, wanted to put out a quick note that, you know, a lot of people have been trying to reach out and figure out uh, best ways to get in touch or best ways to see kind of more of our stuff. So uh, you can do that by looking up Measured Golf uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That is the indoor facility uh, that I currently own and operate. And then you also um, get on Instagram, Measured Golf. It's on there as well. Uh, then YouTube, Measured Golf as well. More stuff there. So just kind of wanted to throw that out. I've had a lot of people reach out, want to know where they can get some more information. So uh, really appreciate. It's been kind of amazing. Like I said, I haven't, haven't posted anything in a little bit. And to see that people are still downloading and maybe going back and look, listening to previous episodes again. Pretty cool to see. So I certainly appreciate uh, all the support that everybody's given the podcast. It means a lot to me. And, and thank you to those who have reached out and continue to support this. So with that said, um, I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to talk about tonight. And there there was a, a person that came in to check out the facility today. And I, I want to say that it's pretty rare, but it's actually not. And the situation is that the person coming in pays a little bit of attention to, you know, the golf, um, you know, the golf tournament on the weekend plays a little bit of attention to golf instruction on YouTube and maybe reads an article here or there on the internet. But the, you know, people come into our facility and they go, Oh, this is great. You got all the numbers and you know, this is what I need to figure it out. And I've, I, it really just strikes a chord with me. And, and the reason it strikes a chord with me, I think, is due to the fact that having numbers and having information that's raw data, which is what TrackMan provides and force plates provide, having all the raw information in the world isn't necessarily going to help you play any better golf. In a lot of cases, I feel like it may even, you know, be to the detriment of your golf game and, and may be a little too much information for some people. And I think that's that's really important to understand that I'm not a proponent of just giving my students or athletes or clients, whatever you want to call them. I'm not a big fan of just saying, well, here's all this data. Check this out. So even though I'm looking at several data points, uh, every golf swing with an athlete, I'm also not talking about several points or data points during every golf swing with the student. So. I just think it's it's important to have a understanding of, of what data that you're you're trying to look at, having an understanding of, of what good data for you looks like. So, you know, for example, not everybody should be chasing a club path at zero every time. Not everybody should be chasing a club face at zero every time. And I, I think that we all look at this this big data and we go, okay, well I gotta make this simple and I gotta understand it. So Let's just try to zero everything out. Well, that ought to make us pretty good. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. So, you know, I'm 
I'm a fan of, you know, working as the conduit of information and kind of trying to get people to focus on a couple key metrics at a time that are somehow related to, you know, kind of what we're working on on more of a macro level during the golf lesson. So I just wanted to put that out there. I, I, I just, I keep seeing this, this concept repeated that, well, if I had more information, I would do better. And I've, I've just, I've not always seen that be the case. I know, I mean, it's, it's, a, there's, there's different people in the world, right? So I've had some people who have taken golf lessons with myself and they're like, Hey, this track man's great. And you know, our, our son or our daughter, they're seeing all this improvement and it's really awesome. And they go and buy a track man. And then six months later, I'm hearing from them and they're like, Hey, do you, do you want to buy this track man from us? Or do you know anybody that'd be interested? Because we're really just not seeing any kind of benefit from it. And I think that that really talks to one of the biggest issues with all of this new technology, which is, you know, and they talked about this in the ultimate golf lesson as well, which is something new comes to market and we've never seen it before. And we don't, you know, quite understand it yet because it's new information and we haven't had time to study and understand the trends And the company that provides that technology provides what they've measured in their averages and kind of a baseline education of it. But, you know, there's no real application to that TrackMan uh, averages chart, for example. And I'm, I'm a big fan of TrackMan. I, I love TrackMan. I'm not trying to slam TrackMan. But for all the wonderful things that TrackMan does, it also gets misused a lot. And I think it's to the detriment of athletes. And one of the biggest things that I've seen that really upsets me is the, the PGA Tour averages. TrackMan provides them for both the PGA and LPGA Tours. And I've seen a lot of people just stand there and kind of point to those numbers and say, okay, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And the general thought process behind it is, well, if you do what the average tour player does on tour and I make you average across the board, well, things are going to be perfect. And what we find out is that's just not a great formula or idea really for a player to try to emulate a certain delivery pattern of the golf club to the ball. I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's something that we should be focused on. I think the averages is a fantastic starting point for somebody new with TrackMan or, or maybe hasn't gone through the certification levels yet or what, what have you. But I think taking coaching to the next level using that kind of data, I think it's important to, A, not teach, you know, hey, we saw this one time and now we're going to change everything. I think it's important to look at a decent sample size. And then I think it's really, really important to understand based off the way we deliver the golf club, you know, what kind of numbers we want to see. And I, I think we should keep it to a few numbers at a time. I think the the idea of kind of like, you know, being very nitty picky and, and going through every single shot and going, well, the dynamic loft here and the, the spin axis here. And I think that that gets to be a bit much. And I think that golfers lose confidence when they're constantly kind of critiquing every single shot. At the end of the day, did we hit it solid? Did we hit it with the correct shot? And did it stop at the right distance? Or I'm sorry, correct shape and did it stop at the right uh, distance? So I still think that we play golf that way. Nobody's ever going to come up to you on a golf course after you've made a one-on-one and tell you that your swing path was too far right. So I just think, you know, 
using the data is great. Understanding that the data that we're looking at probably need, we're going to need some help interpreting that data. I think that's a huge step for a lot of people. And then I think what's really difficult to do for a lot of people is finding people who are qualified and certified and, and the technology that they want to, they want to employ so that they can work with them to gain a better understanding and start putting together a plan. So it's, it's tough to find. And then you get into, you know, force flights and, and that's, that's even newer and that's even more kind of exclusive. And for example, I think that there's six sets of the 3D dual force plates that I have in the entire country right now. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot of places that have it. And everybody walks in and, you know, I, we tell them that we have force plates and they're like, oh, that's cool. It's like, you know, how your weight shifts and stuff. And it's like, well, not exactly. It's, it's a little more uh, specific than that. And it's also in three dimensions. And it's also both your feet as well as your combined. Oh, and by the way, it's a force which is invisible. So this is kind of net new. And, you know, once again, you know, at this point with the 3D force plates, I'm very fortunate to have you know, smart to move and, and Gregory and JP and, you know, James lights down in Louisiana and then my mentor, Mike Adams. I'm so fortunate to have them to, to share what they've discovered with the force plates and the trends and the patterns that they've seen. And, and that, that just opens it up for me, but, you know, we're still, we're still learning. Uh, one thing that I think we finally all agreed on is that there is a distinct difference between pressure and force and I think the other thing that we've agreed on is that not everybody is going to use the ground the same way. So I think we're finally starting to see that, you know, that whole idea of, well, you just want to zero everybody out with track, man. I, I think we're starting to see that idea kind of go, uh, you know, go away, which is great because I think that speaks to the overall education level of the average professional teacher going up. But I, I think that not only do we see that, but I think that we're going to continue to see it go up with the force plates and, and the pressure mats and whatever system, you know, people are using, whether it be the, the smart to move 3D force plates, whether it be, you know, swing cat or the gas systems or, you know, even some of the swing cat uh, pressure mat system or body track. I, I think that as we continue to see those more, widely used in the marketplace. I think we're going to see that once again, there is kind of more of this information that's getting out. And I think that's huge. I think the more information that we can get out that's based in evidence and science and we can measure and we can evaluate and we can see, I think that's great. I don't think sitting there looking at video after video of a golf swing from one perspective in two dimensions I don't think that we're helping one another doing that. So, you know, if you can, um, I, I know that there's a lot of listeners who don't necessarily live near myself in Michigan, but if you can, you know, you can go to these websites, smarttomove.com. Uh, you can go to swingcatalyst.com. You can go to, I think it's gassystems.com. Uh, you can go to these guys' websites and you can find where there are places to go and get access to this technology because I really think it, it really helps people understand kind of what that missing link has been. I think generally speaking, when you, when you're working with, uh, we'll call them a club golfer who, uh, maybe isn't the strongest, you know, let's say they're, uh, let's say they're a 15 to 20 handicap 
and you know they're just kind of out beating it around you you can gain that person just in a in a incredible amount of speed in a very short amount of time and you can get them hitting it much straighter and you know doing all the good things that we want to see and they they don't really notice it because they're they're not committed to golf it's not something they're really working that hard at they're excited to see the ball go farther and straighter but all in all you know they're just kind of in it for a good time but when you work with better players um and when I say better players, I mean, I'm not even talking about tour level or anything like that. I'm just, I'm saying when you start working with guys who are, let's say, a 10 and they're trying to become a single digit or they're trying to become a scratch, when you put that type of person on the force plates and then you show them exactly what's happening in regards to, you know, how those forces are acting upon their body. And then you start kind of really, you know, as I like to call it, taking the layers back, um, it, it really has a huge and almost profound effect on them because I think what happens is, is that they finally kind of understand that one thing that's been eluding them. You know, I, I feel like the better we get at golf, the more there's kind of that feeling of, okay, you know, one more thing, you know, there's only one more thing. And for better players, you know, in a lot of cases, that's, that's, that's it. It is one more thing. I've, I've had several players uh, come into the studio for a golf lesson who were better players. And to be honest, we didn't really, you know, look too much at what their swing did in terms of changing. So, you know, everybody that comes in gets screened and measured. That's just kind of standard operating procedure. And if you're interested in that, you can learn more about that at the ultimategolflesson.com. Mike Adams, Terry Rolls, they do a phenomenal job. But when I, when I reference screens, I'm re- referencing uh, their work and, you know, taking a tape measure out and doing some, some simple screening and understanding how that person in front of you is going to move. So, you know, once we do that screen and we get after it, it's, it's really not, um, it's really when they're a better player, you just don't see these, these mismatches that much. You know, you don't see that the trail hands off and you don't see that the post is a little wonky and, you just don't see these things, you know, just more, more or less they're, they're doing everything pretty close to what they're designed to do, but there just seems to be this one hiccup. Uh, and that one hiccup, a lot of times we find in the ground and it tends to be the timing and or magnitude of how they're using these three forces that we all use. So I think that's where you really, you get the aha moments a lot more. I think there's a lot of, Hey, this is really new. And, I'm managing a lot as a club golfer who's like a 15. But when you get that guy who's a five and you show him a slightly different way to move that produces, you know, a little better timing with their sequencing. And all of a sudden it's like, you just unlock the secret sauce for them and they just feel like it's, it's all voodoo. So I think it's important to kind of understand who you're working with and, you know, layers, <clears throat> layers are huge, you know, going back to, the conversation that kind of started this with the, the gentleman who came in and, and, you know, really talked up a big game about the numbers and how that's all he needed, but didn't really understand how any of them worked. You know, looking at that person, I, I feel like they, they can benefit tremendously from having access to a much more slimmed down version of what they already think they know. And I, I think it's true for most golfers. I think we're thinking way too much. We've been inundated with swing tips and, you know, Instagram and YouTube and everything else. 
And I, I think at, at some point it's, it's comforting to have somebody just kind of measure you out and say, this is, this is who you are. This is how your body's put together. This is how it influences the motion of the golf club through time and space. And this is what we need to do for you to hit the ball as far as you possibly can. And I think it's just a freeing and reassuring kind of thing because a lot of times what we'll find is that, you know, they simply, they simply aren't, they, they've been taught away from what they naturally want to do. And once you give them the assurance that they can go ahead and, you know, do that thing that they were told was wrong for so long, you know, you just really see them light up and get excited and start hitting the golf ball a lot better. So, you know, getting, getting some kind of framework around what it is that you either think you know or you want to learn or you need to know. But there has to be some kind of framework around that. And getting back to, getting back to our friend who started this whole thing, you know, I think the thing that's really also important for him is to, you know, stop. And, and this was like the, the big thing was, you know, he wanted to compare himself to this guy and then he wanted to compare himself to this other guy who looks completely different. And, you know, with people like that who are really sensitive because they've heard a lot of information and they've got a lot to kind of hold on to, you know, you got to be really careful with how many layers deep you take that person. So I intervened in the conversation and, and said what I needed to say because he was saying some things that, you know, are just blatantly incorrect about, you know, force plates and what they do. So I kind of, you know, stepped in the conversation and everybody kind of backed off and I, I just felt bad for the guy because I could immediately tell that there was nothing that I could say or do that was going to influence him in any way, shape or form. And at that point, you just kind of have to give people their freedom of choice and say, okay, you're right, man. You just, you just need all this data and you don't really need anybody to help you. And you're right, man. It's all just hocus pocus. And sometimes you just got to let them go. But at the end of the day, um, I think working with a professional who's certified and understands what they're doing really is a, is a huge, a huge learning opportunity for the, for the student or the athlete or the client. Because if, if we're doing our job, we should be trying to make it simpler. I use a lot of technology to make things really simple. And the reason I want to make them simple is because it's already been made super complex. You know, we've already analyzed and everybody's got their two cents and their opinion and Golf Digest thinks this and, you know, Golf.com thinks that. And the guys over at AMG want to do it this way and, and the guys down at IJGT want to do it over. I mean, everybody's got differing opinions, which is beautiful. That's how human beings are. But at the end of the day, if, if we all kind of start measuring and this technology and this information gets more widely available, then we'll have more of a uh, framework around the conversations that we can have with one another. And I really do think that it'll lead to more standardization of the golf swing and what happens. And, and I think that's great for everybody because I just think everybody's out there running around with a lot of conflicting information in their heads. And the minute that the, the one thing they thought was working doesn't work, they abandon ship and go to the next thing. And pretty soon they've taken two lefts and three rights and they can't find their way back home. And, and then it's, you know, okay, well, back to, back to the drawing boards and back to YouTube and Instagram. So I just, I don't like putting people through that. I think it's difficult. I think golf is a really hard game. Even when you do have a, a really good understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, 
just because of the variability factors. But, you know, I, I, I shouldn't say that, you know, I think that everybody could use a little more information or, or baseline information in their golf game because I've, I've seen some people who just react really terribly to getting information and I try to show them as little as possible. But I really do think having some, some general baselines for how you move that golf club through time and space is very helpful. And I, I definitely have seen a huge correlation with golfers who tend to think that the, the club path is the cause of direction misses. And, you know, more often than not, it's, it's the face. But golfers tend to have a very uh, complex relationship understanding, you know, the, the path relative to the face. And I think that that's where, you know, the, the, the next golf pros and, and myself will continue to explore ways of explaining that because it really boils down to the D plane. But, you know, the D plane is by and large, you know, really been out there for a while, but my opinion is still really misunderstood. So, you know, I think it's going to take us a little while to get there. With technology comes education and research. And I think as the technology and the research gets better, I think there'll be less guys who walk in today who just kind of, you know, flippantly, oh, I I get it all. Well, it took me two years of really hard study and, and, and working my butt off to get to a point where I kind of understand this. So, Forgive me for being slightly insulted when you tell me that you just get it from walking in the street and reading one article. Uh, and speaking of articles, if you want to read some articles about some of this stuff, uh, you can actually find me. I'm a featured writer on GolfWRX.com now. So once again, GolfWRX.com, you can head over there. You can click on instruction. I believe we're up to three articles that I've written there, with the latest one being about ground reaction forces and how we use them. So check that out. Uh, something to keep you tied over until uh, the next podcast. So like I said, this was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm literally pulling into my driveway as we speak, and my wife has dinner ready for me, so I'm going to go inside and eat. And I hope to uh, see some comments on Instagram. You can always find me at the Force Plate Guy. You can leave comments underneath the uh, episode release. So you'll see that I kind of post, hey, when I release a new one, Check it out, and then you can kind of post your comments there. So hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments or feedback, just let me know. And as always, keep grinding.